Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to Side Action, uh, episode nine of season five. This is Jim Weglars, aka Weggs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, aka. And you can follow me on Twitter at 31s Roberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter, Side Action Podcast on Instagram, and I always forget. Follow our YouTube channel on Side, Side Action Podcast on YouTube. So, Action, uh, how are you? You you doing well? Are you you profiting from baseball playoffs or what, what's your, I'm not profiting from football. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no, I try to stay away from baseball as much as I can, but occasionally I take a pick offline from somebody that I follow. They've been off for like, I don't know, like I haven't seen a baseball game come across the screen, but football last weekend was rough. I think I've heard it on a lot of gambling media outlets this week. A lot of people got hammered last week. So Eh, we'll we'll take a grain of salt and move on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Right. We're with the sharps. We're all losing. Um, most importantly, you know, the sharp won last week. We finished the regular season undefeated. Have the semis this weekend. Your man here got pick six. Nice. I think I told you about that. It was a full field pick six. I did not pull a hamstring, so shockingly. Um, so that was exciting and. Um, had a pretty fun weekend. I, I think I might have told you last week the EDM concert. I. I successfully go out Thursday, Friday, and Saturday mm-hmm. past 1 a.m. It was 2.30 and 3 o'clock, so kind of wow. escalating over the weekend. Um, the team party was really fun until we decided to go to the Owl in Lynn Square. You know, shout out to the Owl, but that was probably a mistake after playing Flip Cup with the team late Friday night. So, needless to say, Sunday I just kind of tried to take it easy, cover, watch some football, and piss you terribly. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's been okay. Okay. Nice. We're ready for a bounce back. Let's make it happen. Yeah, let's do it. So week seven, and um, you know, obviously there's a ton of notes in the league, so let's go over those first. Um, we'll start with you know, our team, our lone pick. Uh, Brees Hall, probably the rookie of the year if he stayed healthy, tore his ACL after you know he scampered for 60 yards in the first quarter and proceeded to tear his ACL, which is a bummer. Um, so he's down. They they actually traded, just traded to get James Robinson Jags. So. He'll step in to help that running back core, but I also noted that Elijah Vera Tucker, their their versatile kind of guard slash tackle, um, tore his tricep and he's on he's out for the year. So we'll talk about the handicaps later, but that that's something I have for our Jets. Yeah, I think Vera Tucker might be a bigger loss than Brees Hall, even though he was the offensive rookie of the year, top dog. But Vera Tucker has been playing awesome on defense, and I think they're going to miss him terribly. Right. Um, your team, the Colts, also heard us. Uh, Matt Ryan, dunk. Uh, he was benched. And um, he has a shoulder injury, quote-unquote, but that's not the reason why he's benched. They've already announced Sam Ellinger, uh, Texas guy, for the Colts to be the starter for the rest of the year. So what do you think? Are you all for that move? Just a little surprising or no? I've heard a lot about it in the last couple of days. I mean, obviously, they were really quick to make that news public on Monday morning. And I've heard that it came from the front office, probably the owner's suite, you have to imagine. But I think there's a ton of factors. They, first of all, Matt Ryan's contract, if he gets hurt this year, they owe him a significant amount of money next year on his contract. So I think that's a big factor. 
he is extremely mobile and the line just can't keep him upright. So I think just going to Ellinger instead of Matt Ryan is going to give them a plus because Ellinger can actually move his feet. So those two things combined, especially and add in his poor play, I think it all just ended up to a benching. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, going 0-2 against the Titans doesn't help uh, on the season. So Mm -hmm. uh, other news, uh, DK Metcalf has a PCL injury. You know, (laughs) I don't know. Pete Carroll's been a little cagey with this guy. I don't think he's going to play this week. I think he's going to be out for two or three weeks. But he's saying, they're saying, like, oh, he, he was he was at the walkthrough. <laughs> that doesn't mean he participated. Um, so being weird about that, for the Chargers, they've got some injuries. J.C. Jackson, the cornerback, um, has a pretty bad knee injury, so he's going to be out for a while. And Mike Williams has an ankle injury, the wide receiver. And they didn't show up. We didn't talk about that game yet. But Seattle, they didn't show up in that game. You know, yay Seahawks. And we'll talk about yeah. them later. Um, your guy Tannehill also got hurt in the game against the Colts. And they didn't really play that great offensively. It was just the Colts couldn't get it done. So Malik Willis has stepped in at quarterback. What do you think about that move? Well, I mean, it'll be super interesting. After looking back at the box score, I real I saw I looked up at one point on red zone and Malik Willis was out there. And then all of a sudden, uh, Tannehill came back. So it leads me... And then Tannehill was reportedly in a walking boot. So it kind of makes me question how much faith they really have in Malik Willis at all playing quarterback if they basically forced Tannehill back out onto the field. And now it's looking like Tannehill has come out. He and Vrabel have said he's going to play on Sunday. So he'll be out there, but how effective he's going to be, I'm not so sure. And I don't think they have any confidence in Malik Willis. Interesting. Uh, he's a rookie, so and he's more of a mobile guy. Okay, Dallas, you know, you've got Zeke Elliott, which is so funny the different reports. Um, by the way, look at the red wine guy. Good for your heart. Good job, Anton. Um, <laughs> so Zeke Elliott has this sprained MCL. He had a big game this past weekend against the Lions. Um, you know, I don't know what to say here. He said he doesn't practice, but he says he's going to play. I see reports that he's going to be out already. Still, they have plenty of good running backs. I mean, you know, Pollard's good. Yeah. And the offense looked, it wasn't great with Dak, but they definitely played well when they needed to um, in that one. And then some other trades, dude, like Robert Quinn. I mean, I guess it's more close to home for me. The pass rusher for the Bears, defensive end, traded to Philly. That should help their pass rush. Um, Kadarius Tony mm-hmm. gets traded from the Giants to Kansas City. That's that's kind of a big move. I mean, some people aren't as excited about it, but they obviously want more weapons to compete with the Buffaloes of the world. Yep. And then this one came out of nowhere, dude. Jamar Chase. He's on my team, a fantasy football team. That's what Bree saw, by the way. Hips, hip injuries out four to six weeks. What? Like he was just dazzling the last two weeks. That sucks. I know. Right when the Bengals offense was starting to hit their stride too. Yeah. And then lastly, Alan Lazard for Green Bay. He has a shoulder injury. He was He's out this week. He, he didn't play a lot of the, the game on Sunday, and it showed. Uh, you could see his face on the side of being on a pouty face when they lost to Washington. But, um, man, it's just standing up. So it's, it's, it's a war of attrition. We know how the NFL is, but uh, the teams that stay the healthiest usually do perform the best. But some of the trades and moves you know, allow people to, to keep pace. Yeah, and something tells me that the trades are not over yet. I don't recall exactly when the trade deadline is, but I'm sure it's coming up soon. And I've heard in the media that there's tons of other moves that are in the works as well. Yeah, agreed. 
Um, okay, so let's go over the picks from last week. Last week we didn't talk. Uh, we already mentioned that. We talked the Colts scored two and a half point dogs on the road at, at the Titans. You know, and they had a chance. I mean, they 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 had they just turnovers, man. They they were down big in the game, thirteen nothing, and then pushed to get close, but they really couldn't get over the hump. And then they, you know, Titans, despite the metrics, um, you know, they win the game. I put the score as nineteen to ten, so they they covered easily. You put the Colts out gain the te- the te- uh, Titans 292 to 254. So it wasn't about moving the ball like we've seen in other games. It was just closing. Yeah, I mean, the turnovers were killer. I think the early in the second quarter, I think it was, when the Colts were driving, they were in field goal range. And Matt Ryan throws an awful pick six for a 10-point swing. And they ended up losing the game by nine. I think that one play by itself. Uh, certainly helped the outcome. Agreed. Some of the games we didn't pick, but kind of went the wrong way for other teams. Tampa Bay were playing pretty good tonight. They were 13-point favorites against the lowly Carolina Panthers, who apparently decided to play great. P.J. Walker was awesome. The defense played great. They completely destroyed Tampa 21-3. to This game was never close. And I don't know. I like how you said it. Walker had an out-of-body experience. Why don't you throw his numbers yeah. out there? Well, I mean, not really jumping off the page. 177 pass yards and two touchdowns, but the eight-yard completion shattering his mark from the week before. I think it was 0.1 yards that he had against the Rams last week. So, um, I mean, it, it was more than that, though. He had, I think I heard uh, five passes that were graded as, like, in, I forget the term they used at PFF, but they were graded as, like, some of the most uh, best passes of the season, all five of them. Mm. And that's without Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, obviously they got a little boost after he left. The team got it up. But it's more of an indictment on Tampa to me. Yeah. Who, tonight they're playing better right now, at least against the Ravens. Um, we'll talk briefly about that game, I guess. But, you know, it's just not the same team. There's lots of stuff going on with Tampa. Uh, speaking of downer teams, I wrote this in the article over Wegspool. Green Bay. I mean, they lose this, you know, three in a row. They they go into Washington. They were up early in this game. I mean, they they had the game not under control. But when I saw the pick six that Heineke put in, I was like, this game's going to be over. It was a fumble touchdown. So Green Bay went in as a point favorite. But Heineke, like to his credit, really played bad in the second half. Uh, they made plays down the stretch, some really good plays, and they win the game outright, 23-21 over Green Bay. Now Green Bay's three and four. Um, which is the first time since like forever uh, for you know Aaron Rodgers and uh, they're really yeah just no playmakers on that offensive receiving core I mean Aaron Rodgers I mean Aaron Jones might be their best mm-hmm. wide receiver and he plays running back so I don't think you can put it fully on Aaron Rodgers shoulders but certainly he's not playing up to his normal standard either yeah I've heard a lot of discussion about how <clears throat> without Devontae Adams he covered a lot of warts because a lot of these throws, I mean, the throws sometimes are on the money or they're drops, but maybe it's contested plays that he would make. Um, and ultimately, I just think that the Packers offense, the identity isn't there. I think they should be running the ball way more and getting, you know, Jones out in space. There's no way he shouldn't get 15, 20 touches every single game. And, and give it, you know, Washington some better. They really played good defense this week and rallied for Heineke. All right, we talked about the Jets. Um, you know, we talked about the injuries, but they they really won this game wire to wire. It was it was our pick. Obviously, they were plus one in the contest, but 
I think they were actually favored when this game went off. Um, the Jets' defense is playing. I mean, we, we could talk later about Wilson, who hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in two games, but they won two games in a row. Um, so, I mean, that Jets' defense is balling, and the Broncos continue to struggle. Obviously, they'd rip it in the game instead of Wilson. Yeah, I mean, the the Broncos outgained them pretty handily, 324 to 260, but it was really just getting stout in the red zone and uh, keeping the Broncos off the scoreboard. That led to the victory in this game. Zach Wilson didn't really do a whole lot, but he didn't need to either. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, some of the ones we that went the wrong way, we got the, the Texans. We shouldn't have gone the proxy. Sorry, proxy. It's, you were right all along. The Raiders <laughs> were seven-point favorites at home. The game was kind of close. Um, yeah. You know, we really had a chance. And then Davis Mills, he is the king of the fourth-quarter, you know, interception, throws the pick six that basically stretched that game out. And, and it was over. I think the final was, what, 38-20 or something like that. But, you yeah. know, so it kind of killed us there. But... Give the, give the Raiders some credit, you know, bouncing back, you know, getting off the, you know, from the bye and playing good. But the Texans seem to be, somebody called them, they're a 50-minute team. So they're good for 50 minutes. The last 10 minutes, they just don't have the playmakers, and they've been, you know, they kind of lose the game in the last 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, it's too bad we can't get our best graded at 50 minutes. <laughs> uh, Seattle wasn't on our card, but, man, they played. First of all, did you know, Action, that I'm sure you do, that the Seahawks now lead the NFC West at four and three. They were five-point dogs at, at the Chargers, and they destroyed them. This game wasn't close, a 37-23 final, but they led the whole time, and they shut down the Chargers. Obviously, they've got lots of injuries, but no excuse. Yeah, Geno Smith continues to go on a tear, 20-27 for 200 pass yards. And uh, the defense, I think, was the more impressive output in this game, holding down Justin Herbert in that offense. Uh, very impressive stat line. Yeah, and we should make a mention that the new rookie of the year, Get Your Futures, is probably too late. Kenneth Walker the third is probably the lock for the rookie of the year, assuming mm-hmm. he stays healthy now with Brees Hall out. He's, he had, like, monster game uh, against the Chargers. You can't stop the run as well. Uh, no faith in uh, Zappy Hour for Rookie of the Year? You think that's toast? Oh, boy. We'll get there in a minute. I know you tried to jump ahead. Let's talk about the Niners. <clears throat> no, we like this. Everybody liked this. Uh, the contest was on it. We were on it. The Niners plus two and a half at home. You know, talked about the Chiefs, you know, whatever. The Chiefs' defense was – I'm sorry, the offense was just dominant. I mean, the San Francisco defense, I don't know where it was. I thought that – um, D'Amico Ryan's got out coached badly by Andy Reid and company. It seemed like, mm-hmm. you know, they would have them in long third downs and then they'd throw this like bubble screen for like 25 yards. You know, I don't know what the hell they were doing sometimes playing man to man or getting screwed up in their coverage and giving up long third down conversions that ultimately broke the back of the defense. And the game was close for a while. Then in the end, they scored 44 points on this defense. Yeah, they just couldn't stop them. I think on every every possession, they were either getting touchdowns or field goals. And uh, so much for the Niners' top-ranked defense. Yeah. I don't think you can say that any longer after that game because we were monitoring the injury report. I think like almost all of their starters were out there last week, but mm-hmm. I suppose not being at 100% was a serious factor because the Chiefs just destroyed them. And they looked fast. Like the Chiefs, we talked about their defense, or their offense wasn't quite as explosive without Hill out there. They found the edges. You know, uh, Hardman had some big plays. I mean, even um, I think MVS had a big play. Marquez Valdez Scanling had a big play. So 
they were able to get their playmakers playing and, you know, was, I think Pacheco had a nice run. So, you know, good Chiefs bouncing back. And then, yeah, okay, Zappy Hour. So let's talk about this game. So the, the Pats, eight-point favorites at home against the Bears. Papa Bear Hallis record on the line. I saw the Bears in person. They could run the ball a little bit against Washington. They did. I mean, Fields played good against Washington without throwing the ball. I thought for sure that Belichick would shut that down. Mm-hmm. He couldn't. I mean, Justin Fields looked like he was playing at Ohio State. He was running around, yeah. making great throws. They lit up this defense. They scored 33 points on this vaunted defense. But I did hear a stat that New England is 28th against the run. So they can't stop yeah. the run. And then, to your point, Zappy, they start off with Mac Jones, and <laughs> they pulled him. <laughs> they put Zappy in. <clears throat> he throws two quick touchdowns, but after that, he was pretty pretty pedestrian, and the Bears kind of shut him down. Yeah, I mean, uh, after those two touchdowns by Zappy, I was thinking the Patriots, okay, they're going to take a stranglehold on this yeah. game, but it didn't. The Bears came out of the locker room at halftime and uh, took a stranglehold in the second half. 82 rushing yards from Justin Fields is probably the most remarkable stat line in that game. I still can't believe that Belichick didn't stop him. Yeah, it looked like sometimes they didn't even have the right run fits. I mean, he's running the read option, or he did break contain a few times, but he was the best athlete on the field. It was kind of like, I've heard it described as a pop corner game, where just, okay, the best guy on the field is going to win the game, and you never really usually see that with a Belichick team, but who knows, maybe they were looking ahead of the Jets. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think, though, something that I'm filing away is the, just the question mark at quarterback. Like, it's clear you and I traded text. Mac Jones took some snaps last week at practice. Okay, right. surely they weren't all of them. And Zappy probably – there was like 50-50. And I think you've seen that around the league every week where there's a question mark about, okay, who's our quarterback going forward? And one guy is not getting all the reps in practice. It makes a huge difference come game it time. It does. It does. And – Jones clearly doesn't have the confidence of Belichick. He's treating him like his running backs, yep. which is bad uh, because yep. quarterback's a way different position than running back. So we'll have to talk about that in the handicaps going forward. Just to review on the trends, it's starting to split action. I mean, underdog 7-7 seven and seven this week, you know, under 7-7, seven and seven, although overwhelmingly the unders have cashed for the season, 64 to 44, 59% is your rate. And then we, you know, we did have two games that were, you know, impacted by the spread but that's pretty typical for a given weeks but it's kind of interesting how the the odds makers have figured it out they're, they're starting to level this off and it's tough for guys like us who are usually you know on a certain side or sharp side you're going to have to just pick the games right because it's not clearly an underdog week or a favorite week mm-hmm. definitely Let's jump into weeks eight. Um, we've got two teams on by the Chargers and the Chiefs. You know, obviously we love the Chiefs being on not you know not for your fantasy team, but it's easy to figure out when they're off. Um, the Chargers need to regroup. You know, your guy Staley probably needs to be thinking about his his job security. Um, we don't really have to talk about the first game, the Ravens Bucks. I don't know what the score is now, but that that game did flip though. The Ravens opened as like a two point favorite, and now it's you know Tampa's the two point in the contest, and saw that flip. Um, let's go into the main slate, and it does start off with a London game, which, you know, it's, what's that, 9.30 Eastern. <laughs> they got a funny story. I'm sure you've heard about it. The Broncos uh, are playing the Jaguars, and we know the Jags are always like home teams. But did you hear about Wilson, Russell Wilson, who was 
quote unquote, yeah. walking and stretching for four hours and then watching film and he was getting jacked up to play. Uh, what do you think of that story? <laughs> it's funny because every single podcast I listen to this week talks about it. I guess he was working out in the center aisle doing like leg lifts or something in the middle of the plane. <laughs> this guy is just a joker, man. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I, I think it's clearly affecting his teammates because the chemistry on that team is not good. Yeah, it's he's a goofball for sure. So the, the, the game open is a three-point favorite for the Jags. Uh, it's two and a half in the contest. The total is really low, 39 and 39. It's over 39. It's 39 and a half now. So I like the number action, two and a half. I mean, three is you know key numbers we've always discussed. The Jags are always good in London. Um Am I looking at it too simply? I, I don't. I mean, Broncos' defense is legit, and obviously the Jags have not played great of late, uh, losing loss to the Giants. I forgot to mention they they kind of blew one against the Giants, but on paper this team is better than the Broncos. So two and a half is is probably a little light. In fact, uh, if, if you look at it, considering it's not really a home game, but it's almost like a home game for the Jags. Yeah, I mean, I would venture to say that the Jags probably have a greater bump in home field advantage in London than they do in Jacksonville. Right. So I, I think alone, not not because of the stadium and the fans, but just because of their knowledge of the travel, they play there every year, and they have had a lot of success there recently. So the organization knows how to set up the travel. And uh, conversely, you have Russell Wilson and company who have been traveling a lot lately. Uh, I think they've had a pretty ragged schedule um and combine that with his injury i'm reading that he intends to play but who knows how what how close he is to 100 percent. i think that hamstring injury has obviously been hindering him because he just refuses to run on any play right and factor in hackett you know is a terrible coach so is he really gonna have to yeah. ready to play and it's not like green bay ever went to london so he doesn't know how to handle the schedule so I'd be on board with the Jags here, buddy. I know it's an early game, but you know, just to let you know. Yeah, I have a lean to the Jags, too. Uh, definitely something that we can talk about a little bit more. I think offensively, they have some capabilities of putting up some numbers against this stout Denver defense. And then on the other side, uh, really the only place that Denver makes some productivity is with the ground game before Javante Williams got hurt. But the Jaguars... Uh, run defense is pretty good in their own right. So I think they have the capability of stopping what the Broncos can do well. Do you think it's a, and I know James Robbins is a pretty solid player, but do you think it actually helps the offense that you're going to have eight ten basically be the main guy now, like a hundred percent, there's no splitting of carries per se. I mean, he's not the biggest guy. I'm sure there's going to be other people to share carries, but maybe they're going to have number nine hands for the Jags. Yeah, I do. I, I certainly think that, uh, Knowing now that Etienne is the bell cow, it's certainly going to give him some confidence too. And as long as he stays healthy, I think it's going to be good for right. their offense for sure. All right. Well, let's at least put yellow on that, buddy. Sounds good. Unless you want to put some weird color that you follow <laughs> in orange or something. Um, Action always messes with me when he's putting these colors on here to see if I'm paying attention. The London Jaguars. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this game. Very interesting game. Patriots go to the Jets. Uh, it opened as a pick. I'm not sure where that was. Um, it's got the Patriots as two and a half point favorites. This total went from 42 to 40 and a half. I remember we talked about this was it early in the season or 
or we've always talked about how Belichick, you know, he, he's going to, you know, Wilson, he's going to, you know, he, he funnels the, the rookie quarterback as Wilson, but that didn't come to fruition against Fields, right? I'm not saying well as Fields in terms of legs, and you obviously lost Brees Hall on this lineman, but the Jets are better, so I, I'm a little confused by the line, okay? Mm-hmm. The Jets have been a better team. Maybe they've read it, written a tidal wave. I have one more comment before I let you talk. I did hear that the Jets, because who they played of late, it's been a very similar offensive style because obviously they played the pack and the the Broncos theoretically from the Hackett system that it's a very similar offense. So maybe it was easy for them to prepare and that's why they were so good on defense. But what are your what's your take on this game? Well, I mean, the series history here uh, only points one direction that New England is 12 and 0 in their last 12 games against the Jets, and that's wow. eight and four against the spread. So it's pretty clear that Bill Belichick uh, has their number, and uh, as an organization, he just knows how to stop the Jets. And Zach Wilson's been there a couple of years now too, so several of those games yeah. have been with Wilson under center. So, I mean, they have the run defense is definitely concerning. The Jets' mm-hmm. run offense is 11th ranked, and you mentioned it earlier. The Patriots are 28th in stopping the run, but now Brees Hall is out of the lineup and. I question whether or not James Robinson coming in midweek is going to be able to really do much offensively. We saw last week McCaffrey get traded to the Niners, and I think he got like maybe 15 snaps, but even Christian McCaffrey couldn't get integrated that quickly. And so I think the advantage that the Jets might have on the ground game is mitigated a little bit by that. Uh, On the flip side, I mean, Mac Jones is reinstituted as the starter. That's been clear since the week started this week. He's going to start. And so I think that's going to be a significant upgrade just because he's going to get every snap at practice this week. So mm-hmm. I lean to the Patriots here. Yeah, I got to say, Pat, you know, look, and, and maybe Monday was just a total aberration because the Bears played for Papa Bear Hallis yeah. and stopped right. Belichick. And it's hard, but it's hard to erase that from my memory. I mean, they got big boys in that game. The Bears look dominant. I'm like, what? Um. So stay away, because, again, I I know what you're saying. I know the trends. Metrically, it's like, it's hard for me to ignore what the Jets have and what they've done this season. I mean, so let's stay away for now. If if we have to come back, we can talk about it. Sounds good. Uh, All right, so Cardinals go to the the Vikings. Uh, Vikings, obviously, opened as a six-point favorites initially, 27.5-point total, but it's down to 3.5 now in the contest, 49-point total. Arizona woke up. You know, they played great on Thursday night. Uh, we talked a little bit about that when we were on here last week. And, um, you know, they, they kind of lit up what I, I guess is not a good defense anymore in the Saints. The Vikings aren't a great defense, um, but their offense is good. So this total does make sense why it went up. I hate the hook here for the Vikings, so I, I can't go there. But are you are you into backing the Cardinals? Well, here? I mean – this is definitely one team in the Vice that I'm interested in going against here down the stretch. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure that the Cardinals are the, the team that I want to get behind to do it. Um, one thing was clear to me last week in watching that game on Thursday night is that having DeAndre Hopkins back in the lineup is a huge game changer for Murray specifically and the offense. 14 targets and 10 catches for 100 yards. I mean, their offense was completely way more dynamic than they had been the first six games. So 
That's something. I, I heard a stat that they're 18 points better. Wow. In the I believe it. I believe it. Just watching the game. I mean, they were moving the ball at will. Of course, the two mm-hmm. pick sixes at the end of the second quarter helped quite a bit. <laughs> but. Thanks, Andy Dalton. I mean, I don't know. You've seen some number, uh, some money already come in on the Cardinals this week. I think it opened at like four and a half or five. And so I think that uh, mm-hmm. some sharp money is interested in the Cardinals. And um, I I could consider it maybe like fifth or sixth tier pick. Okay. Let's just put it as a yellow. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with staying away from it because the Cardinals have burned us already this year. And uh, we'll see. Maybe that was just a Thursday night thing where Andy Dalton sucks in prime time, obviously. And they still, look, even with getting the two pick sixes, they still gave up 30-plus points to yeah. the Saints. I mean, it was sure. crazy. So their defense isn't that great. Uh, but I think this game should be back me. And I mean, the the Vikings are off the bye, so they have rest advantage. But the Cardinals have ten days rest too because they played on Thursday night, so it's kind of a wash there. Right. True. Okay. Dolphins go to the Lions. Uh, Dolphins open as three and a half point favorite. It's three and a half in the contest. The totals really stayed at fifty one and fifty one and a half. Okay. So a couple things. Jared Goff has regressed to himself. Right. He's playing like crap. At this point, in fact, I believe on the last five possessions, or I think they turned the ball over on the last four or five of their possessions against Dallas. Um, now, Miami's defense isn't that great. Um, I don't like three and a half for the Dolphins at all. Uh, my, my metrics say that you should take Detroit mainly because of their offense, but we know the Lions' defense sucks. So the, the Dolphins are going to score. Um, I don't know, man. It's hard. Three and a half on the road. What do you think? I, I like the Dolphins here, uh, despite the hook, not ideal. I think uh, at three, mm-hmm. obviously, it would be a totally different discussion. But um, it's the uh, Dolphins offense going up against that porous Lions defense for me is the handicap. Yeah. Um, Tua came back last week, and I was surprised to see that he was running hard and really willing to take some hits, yeah. which kind of impressed me. Um in a, in a long-term scenario, I'm not interested in that, but when I'm betting on the Dolphins in a single-game scenario, you love to see your quarterback put his head down in those kinds of situations. So I think that the Dolphins are going to put up a lot of points this weekend against the Lions. Yes. And on the other side, they, uh, they're they going to be able to slow down Goff a little bit. I, their pass rush isn't great, but I think that they can get a little bit of pressure on Goff and uh, keep the Lions' offense down. Well, the Lions have the worst cornerbacks in the league, so start your Dolphins receivers, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ty Hill's going to feast. I definitely am interested in receptions props and yardage props for a Hill this week. Okay. I guess the only thing I would say is, you know, to your point about the Dolphins, if it's a bigger total like this, three and a half isn't that True. big spread, right? So, all right, let's put a yellow on the Dolphins. Fins. Uh Okay, here we go. Pittsburgh against Philadelphia. Uh, Steelers, you know, we'll see what happens with this team. They 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 had a chance to win outright. I don't know if you watched the game. It was pretty pretty crummy game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, terrible throw at the end of the game. I mean, you're down by six. You don't have to throw it in. It's just like when uh, Easton threw that interception. Throws a terrible yep. ball to get picked and end the game. But they they did cover the numbers. I think right or. Right, yeah. yeah, it was eight and a half. That kickoff still. Uh, so the Steelers go to the Eagles this time. Eagles coming off the bye. Obviously get the new pass rusher in Quinn. Game open as a 12, 12 point favorites for the Eagles at home, and now down to ten and a half. Totals 
43 and a half up from 43 originally. You know, am I all over? Am I, is it because of my company by Philly? You know, you got the Phillies and you got the Eagles. I think this number's a little short. I think the original number is better. Uh, ten and a half seems like a good spot. It is a lot of points, um, but I think the Eagles are going to crush this team. Yeah, I do too. I think uh, anything under two touchdowns is probably good. I yeah. mean, you got the Eagles coming off of a bye with a huge rest advantage because the Steelers played late Sunday night in a really kind of a, a tough game, a very physical game, as the Steelers tend to play anyway. Right. But this is a pretty serious trend for Sweden uh, that uh, undefeated teams coming off of a bye and playing at home in their next game are 14-2 and two against the spread. Okay. And uh, I think that's a pretty significant sample size, too, and couple that with the fact that the Eagles are the fourth-ranked offense, fourth-ranked defense, going up against the Steelers, who are 24th-ranked on offense and 14th on defense. So uh, advantages all across the field here, and I do like the Eagles as well. There you go. That might be a green. Fly, Eagles, fly. Well, don't play this in, in, in Philly, though. I'll play the next retreat. Um, okay, so the next game in the 1 o'clock window, you've got Carolina against Atlanta. Carolina, you know, I, I don't know what was a bigger, a crazier result, the Bears winning on Monday night or, or this Carolina team. But either way, uh, Carolina won outright last week. They're going to Atlanta. Atlanta opened as a seven-point favorites at home. Now they're down to four in the contest. 42-point total down to 41. <sighs> the biggest question I have for you, Action, forget about divisional rivalries, is, is Atlanta good enough to be favored by four points against anybody? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I mean, Carolina is, I think, got them either 31st or 32nd. They're terrible. Despite, mm-hmm. despite the big win last week. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... Uh, we talked about it the week before. Atlanta is now six and one against the spread this season, they are. despite their loss to Bengals last week on the spread and, and the game. And uh, you know their offense is playing really well. They Arthur Smith and company they have catered offense to what Mariota does well, and that's running the ball. Despite maybe not being super efficient, they are effective. And uh, even without. Corderell Patterson, Tony Rock, they're still moving the ball. They have the fourth-ranked run offense, and I think they're going to be able to do that against Carolina again this week. You've obviously seen some money coming in on the Panthers because this open six and it's down to four, but I think it's the wrong move. I like Mm. the Falcons in this game. What's Carolina against the run? Aren't they pretty good against the run? Yeah, 13th-ranked run defense and 13th-ranked defensive line, adjusted line yards. Mm Mm-hmm. But I also read that Baker Mayfield is trending towards playing this weekend, oh, and that, that is a huge negative on the Carolina side, if you ask me. So is Sam Darnold never coming back? I think that he is really close to returning. I read uh, this afternoon, like, another two weeks. Okay. So he, he's being ready to be at, reactivated off IR. Oof. Are you going to talk me into the Falcons? God. Um... Were you interested in the Panthers? No, no. Okay, okay. No, not at all. I, I just, all right. My thing is, it's actually, the spread I've got is three. It's not, you know, Okay. it's just a little, I mean, four points is just a, a strange number, I guess. Um, I make it three and a half on a neutral yeah. for what it's worth. So okay. it comes down to home field advantage. If you're talking one and a half, yeah. I think one and a half, two, I mean, you can get there, mm-hmm. definitely. But 
how often are the Atlanta Falcons favored in mean. this young season? I think zero. That's what so, I mean. I, can I trust that? I I'd like to stay away. No. Action. I just being. Re- I think we should. I think we should pass too. All right. Good. Shoot. It's a close one. Arthur Smith. I'm going on his Christmas card list. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's go with the Raiders going to the Saints. This is still in the one o'clock window. Uh, Raiders open as a two point favorite. It's one and a half in the contest. The total went from 47 all the way to 49 and a half. I believe the Red Rifle starting again, even though Jameis is actually healthy. Um, so the Raiders, they they won, they covered. Proxy's excited. I do think they're going to kind of go on a run. Maybe they figured some stuff out. Yeah. I don't love that they're favored on the road here. I, mm-hmm. you know, feels a little squeamish. I, I don't. Their defense still isn't good. Um, but I think. The line, I mean, it should be like more like a pick 'em game. I mean, I just, I don't know these Saints anymore. They have no defense anymore. And their offense actually yeah. puts up points, which is great. But this could be, you know, I could see the total going up for a reason. I just don't know if I could, I don't think I can get on board with the Saints. I don't know if I could back the Raiders with a favor on the road. You know what I'm saying? It's just tough for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was all very well stated. I agree that the Raiders are primed to make a run mm-hmm. here, but. This is not one game where I'm interested in backing them with my money because, uh, you know, I make it three and a half on a neutral and uh, given the Saints are coming back home and with a rest advantage, I think that one and a half is a really darn appropriate line. But um, the Raiders have some pretty serious injury questions. Devontae Adams, I think a lot of players on the Raiders came down with the flu this week, including Devontae Adams, and he's listed as questionable right now. Darren Waller's questionable. Hunter Renfro is questionable. I'm not sure who they're going to have suiting up at wide receiver. You can't do third and Renfro. It's going to be Collins. <laughs> Matt Collins. Yeah. That's our I think that Matt Collins is shoot. also on the injury report for awesome. what it's worth. But, uh, on the other side, the Saints have tons of question marks too. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Marshawn Lattimore, Adebo, and Bradley Roby, all questionable. So I think this game is just a pass. Yeah, let's pass. Let's pass. All right, here we go. The Mighty Bears go to the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys opens 10-point fans at home, 41.5-point total, up to 42.5. Uh, but the contest gave us a little break at 9.5 on the, t- on the uh, spread. Okay. Um, technically speaking, I have, the, I have this game as a 7-point favorite for Dallas. So technically speaking, there's value on the Bears. I can't see this defense letting, letting field – it's going to be a rough day for Fields here. So the question yeah. is, can the can the Cowboys score enough points? And look at you, you're already greening it up. So <laughs> <laughs> you're lined up against the Bears just like last week, huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, that was it was a remarkable outcome. I know. There's no there's no doubt about it. But it's not going to get me to go away from what the numbers are telling me. And yeah. this is an offensive line that just can't protect the 32nd ranked in uh, pass protection. They've allowed 27 sacks this season and enter the Dallas Cowboys number one ranked oh. pass rush. Yep. And they have garnered 29 sacks in their own right this season. And I just don't see how the bears are going to be able to move the ball or score against the Cowboys. And, uh, I, my favorite bet is uh, Cal, uh, Chicago Bears under team total, 16.5 points. I don't okay. see how they're going to get anywhere near that. And I think that the Cowboys are going to be capable of scoring too. I like – if Z doesn't play, I think I like that better mm-hmm. because Tony Pollard has been very explosive this it's year. Dynamic. And and I, I like the Cowboys a lot. Okay. I'm fine to lock that in. That's good because 
it's going to be a letdown spot for the Bears after that big win. Yeah. And, you know, they do lose Quinn. Did you hear Robot Smith was crying when Quinn left? Yeah, I saw, I saw the uh, thing. <laughs> but I just am like, all you got to do is spy Micah Parsons on fields and the game is over. They won't score, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did see, uh, for what it's worth, I did see parts pop up on the injury report today. So okay. definitely something we need to watch for. Practice reports tomorrow and check it again on Saturday. Okay. Okay, let's jump to the 4 o'clock window. We've got the Titans against the Texans. Um, so the Titans, they open a three-point favorite. It's down to two and a half in the contest. The totals remain the same at 40 and a half. We talked about the injuries, and then you know the Malik Willis angle is pretty big for this because I do think this could be a Titans game back. I think they're playing good ball, and you know as much as you know the the, tight, the Texans, we've been backing them. They've won sometimes when they've backed them or not. You know, divisional road dog or home dog, you know, is all that kind of stuff, but. If Willis plays as a starter, I can't back the Titans, but I can't really. I don't think I can get back on the uh, Texans again. The running, the running goals. I mean, isn't Henry going to run for you know 200 yards on, on Saturday or something? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, the Texans' run defense is awful. Last dead last. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I was really interested in backing the Texans when I thought that Willis was going to be the starter, but. If Tannehill's out there, it definitely gives me some pause. And I think it's either Houston, if Willis plays, or a pass otherwise. Okay. Let's pass. Let's pass. Okay, here we go. 49ers against the Rams. Um, <laughs> I know the I know your handicap, but let's talk through it. The 49ers open as a two-point favorite on the road, one-and-a-half-point favorite now. The total went from 40-and-a-half to 43. San Francisco has owned this team. We've talked about this seventy several times over the last three years. They have owned this team in both against the spread and mostly straight up. But that defense looked like crap last week. Action? Like I mean I the numbers still tell me to take San Francisco here. Don't get me wrong. But you know, we're getting up with this. We gotta talk through this defense. What's up with this defense? Is it is it it's two weeks in a row they've been getting crushed. And the Rams, as bad as they played, they got to buy. Maybe they got a little healthy. Maybe they're going to play back. Yeah, I, I don't know how to answer the defensive question because we talked last week about how it was a prime bounce back spot for the sure. Niners. And now you got a double bounce back spot. <laughs> but on the other side, maybe it's just a, a case where Kansas City is capable of getting to that level. Remember earlier in the season, they had a similar pasting against the Bucks defense. That's true. So. They uh, they they've done this more than once against an elite NFL defense this season, and maybe you give the Niners a little bit of a pass for that. But um, you also have to figure with those guys all coming back, and they're going one more week on. They're presumably going to be a little bit more healthy on defense. Right. But um, you know, you you mentioned it six straight ATS covers and seven out of the last eight since since 2019. Uh, the Rams definitely just are, have a bad matchup for the Niners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's Niners or pass. I guess we put it as a yellow because we'll consider it, right? But um, is there any injury news that we definitely have to check? I mean, the practice report, yeah. we've got to assume everybody's practicing. And you got to think McCaffrey's going to be more integrated in the offense. And he, he actually had a pretty good game against the Rams when we picked when we picked Carolina when they got beat. True, um, that's true. But I just... At some point, the Rams have to start playing better, right? I, I just at some point they will. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be shitty all year. 
I, I, their offensive line is a serious problem. Yeah. I mean, Noteboom is was the second starter or the second string tackle, and he's out now. And right. I just don't see how, even with the bye, they're going to be able to protect Stafford. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that may not be a huge factor against most defensive lines, but it's going to be a huge factor against the Niners' defensive line. Right. Um, to answer your injury question, Debo Samuel is a huge injury question mark for me. Right. He hasn't practiced all week and definitely someone I want to look for on Saturday morning. I thought IU played good the other night. The other True. Day. I mean, he played good. He did. Um, it just, and, and it was nice to see Kittle involved. But, and when you look at back at that game, the game was pretty close. I thought the Niners lost that game in the first half. I think that they kicked too many field goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't convert in the red zone. Jimmy made some bad throws. Um, in the end, I thought that they could, if they could have been up in that first half, and then it would have been a real game in the second half. But um, leave it to the Chiefs, like I said, to convert long. And I don't think the scheme, for some reason, Andy Reid just, man, he won up D'Amico, for sure. Ryan, yeah. Ryan, sir. D'Amico Ryan, sorry. Uh, yeah. All right, let's go. Kyle, uh, one more thought. Kyle Juszczyk is out, and I know that there's in some published reports that their offense is significantly less efficient when Juszczyk is not on the field. Oh, yeah. And so... I mean, the Niners are definitely going to be having that as an issue, but um, I really like the under in this game for all those reasons. I don't think the Rams are going to be able to move the ball and that the Niners' offense is going to be uh, hurt. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, Washington against the Colts. You know, this is a really interesting matchup, actually. You've got the Colts open as a four-point favorite at home. Now it's three points in the contest. Total has gone from 41, which was low, to 39.5. Uh, just about the lowest on the board, I think. So Heineke, of course, is going to start for the Commanders. You've got Ellinger's first career start, right, for the Colts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. Um, I don't know, dude. It's hard. It's a tough handicap. I don't know what to say because they're not really quite the same teams as the metrics say because these are you know, two different teams. I'd probably go with the Commanders uh, just because they're probably riding high, but the Colts could play better with Ellinger. Yeah, I mean, there's only one way to go. <laughs> 32nd ranked offensively. I don't know if they can play much worse. God damn. Uh, I I don't know. I I have a really hard time getting behind Washington yeah. in uh, in this matchup. And on the other side, I'm not really sure that I'm ready to back the Colts before I see Allinger play a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that the Colts defensively are in a really good position to uh, stop Washington this week. The defense of all the units on this team has played really well this year, and I mm-hmm. think that finally Shaq Leonard is going to be back. Certainly nice. want to keep an eye on that. But um, I, for me, it's Colts or pass, but I'm I'm really happy to pass if you yeah, are. Yeah, let's pass. Let's pass. And it's, it's, he's always going to be Darius to me. Let's not call him Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> we should go back to Darius. Maybe he'll magically get help. Exactly. He'll play again. Okay, so Giants going to the Seahawks. First of all, this is a huge game in the FC now. You got you got a division leader and a six and one team, which is crazy. So the Seahawks open as a one and a half point favorite at home. Now they're up to three. Uh, total forty six and a half down to forty four and a half. So this is another one of those situations. Now Seattle played great last week against the Chargers, beat up. They played well all season. The Giants keep covering and winning in the fourth quarter. So your guy Danny Dimes. I don't really see how the Seahawks can be favored by this many points, just in general. So I'd be on the Giants here. I think this game should be closer to maybe a one or a pick'em game. Um, 
but talk me out of it. Maybe Seattle's offense is so good, right? I definitely, uh, my, my numbers say zero on a neutral mm-hmm. as well. So I think you're on to something there. But I think uh, the Seattle home field advantage is one of the greater ones in the league, yeah. especially when the Seahawks are playing well. And probably even more weed when the Seahawks are consistently beating expectations. So I think I can get really close to this probably two and a half, not three, which I guess gives you some value on the Giants side, considering you're moving from two and a half to the key number of three. But uh, the Giants are in a pretty tough travel spot here. I think that they've been on the road a couple weeks in a row now coming from Jacksonville, having to go all the way out to Seattle is probably one of the longer trips. Not that they went direct, mm-hmm. but still a lot of plane miles to travel. They were in London. And, Seattle, uh, right? I mean... yeah, right. That's a good point. Yeah. And, um, and they just traded away one of their receivers and they didn't have many receivers to begin with. True. Uh, not that they even throw the ball. No, it's been the Saquon Barkley show. And Danny Dimes, so, Danny Dimes, you know, he has yeah. five comebacks. Five comebacks in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. which which give me Seattle in the first half. How about that? We'll take we'll take that in this contest. I really do like the Seahawks in the first half, actually. But. So is this a stay away, or you want to back Seattle? I don't know. There's been a lot of sharp money on Seattle this week already. I think it opened one and has been pushed out to the number of three that we see right now. So one and a half to three. Everybody's rather. been seeing this. So, that, oh, Seattle, that gives you me know, blah blah blah, and I'm like. Eh. I think it's the spot. I really, I think it's the travel spot, spot. and uh, you know the Giants are just due for a dud. Yeah, they 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 can't keep doing what they're doing for sure. At some point they're gonna, you know. DK Metcalf potentially not playing is a pretty big concern for Mm -hmm. me though too. I mean he's one of Geno Smith's go-to receivers and a huge target given his propensity to throw accurate footballs, going to DK Metcalf is certainly a huge help. Right, right. Well, let's take a look. How many picks we got? We're really running out of, we're running out of games here, actually. One, two, three, four. I think we got enough to keep it off the card, but, you know, it's up to you. Because, um, I mean, I, let's go to the next game before we, maybe, you know, whatever. Sure. Let's like skip. Pat Bills, okay. okay? I understand this is like, maybe not a sucker play, but... The Bills open as 11.5 point favorites. They're still at 11, uh, 47 point total up to 47.5. So, normally speaking, I would say, oh, Rodgers is not going to lose four in a row. This is going to be it. Like, he's he's going to have that one game. It's going to be Sunday night. He's going to be gunslinging, hit it all, and gets hit, hitting all his guys. I don't think it's this game, though. I think the Bills <laughs> are going to destroy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sign me up for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Bills are coming off of the bye. They are uh, number one pretty much in every single offensive category. And, and defense. defensively, I don't I don't think the Packers are going to be able to stop them. Yeah. And uh, the Packers are going to be without Alan Lazard. Who's even going to throw the ball to? Is it Romeo Dobbs? I heard Dobbs. I don't know if he's going to be on the field. I mean, did you know Rodgers was talking? He's talking specifically about Dobbs because he's yelling at him, oh, really? up properly. Now, watch Dobbs have a three-touchdown game now, right? But – I mean, I think Cobb is hurt, so I don't know who the hell they're going to throw to. I mean, I guess it's Tanyan. You know, maybe he'll get some. I mean, they've got to involve Aaron Jones more. But the Bills are really good against the run, and they're good at at the linebacker position. So the only thing is, can they cover the 11.5? Packers are a terrible defensive team. 
But I just think, I think this is a show up spot for the Bills to just show how good they are. Yeah. And uh, I think even more motivation provided by the absolute beatdown Kansas City put on San Francisco last weekend. Oh. They saw that in the afternoon window prime time. And you know that Josh Allen and company are ready to put a beatdown of their own on the Packers. Right. All right. We've already got the green on there, America. Okay, last game, Monday Night Football, uh, the Bengals against the Browns, you know, rivalry game. Uh, Bengals open three-point favorites. Now it's three-and-a-half in the contest. The total went from 46-and-a-half to 47. Uh, this news of Jamar Chase does kind of dampen my my excitement about the, the Bengals because I think it was going to be all over the Bengals here. It, it seems like the Browns have kind of – they did – did they cover last week? I guess they yeah, did. six-and-a-half. Yeah, cover even though – the Ravens had every opportunity to cover that game. Um, but I don't like it. I think the Bengals are they are on the way up. They're doing what they need to do. But Chase mm-hmm. is a big part of that. So I'm happy to stay away from the primetime action. Yeah, I was really interested in the Bengals, uh, much like you, before the Chase news. Um, I've got them up to sixth ranked in my numbers here and four and a half points better than Cleveland. So uh, I think this number is probably right in line i certainly would have liked a three a lot better than the three and a half i think if you're interested you can go out to the market and buy yourself a three right yeah. now on that goes with the uh chase news this line has ticked back down to the key number and uh, for that reason i think it's really tough to pull the trigger on cincinnati in the contest especially in the primetime yeah. game but i'm with you this is a buy team for me i may not be this week right right i mean i got them used to have them six i got them third i mean there's only Look, there's kind of a, a mishmash after you get between you got Buffalo yeah. and then Philly, and Philly's not that far behind Buffalo, and that's everybody else. And then there's a bunch of teams that are, you know, each week it kind of goes up and down, right? So I do think Bengals, as much as I didn't think they started the season off great, they're 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 getting it done now. Definitely. All right, let's review our picks here. We've got the uh, the Jags, the London Jags, over the Broncos. Uh, early Sunday morning, you've got the Cardinals potentially against the Vikings. Uh, sorry, I should have said that's two and a half for, for the Jags. Uh, the Cardinals potentially plus three and a half at the Vikings. Uh, we like Miami as a favorite, three and a half on the road against the Lions. We like these these dominant teams, the Eagles, ten and a half uh, at home against the Steelers as favorites. We like the Cowboys, nine and a half at home against the Bears. Um, 49ers, this Classic matchup that they win every time. Uh, one and a half point favorites on the road at the Rams, and then the Bills, eleven and a half point favorites uh, at at home against the Packers. So we do like a lot of favorites this week, actually. Yeah. First uh, reaction after rereading those is I might be happy to throw out the Niners. Yeah, we can talk more on Saturday. Me too. Me too. I mean, we probably have to at some point pick up. Well, we could pick all favorites and they come in. I mean, there's going to be six or seven that come in this week, right? Um, True. Well, we'll take a look. Well, okay, let's go to the Circa update. You know, we had a tough week, one and four, but the consensus also went one and four, so we didn't dip that much. We did in the contest a little bit. We've dropped down to like 53% action, 18, 16, and one, uh, which now puts us about five picks off the pace for the top 100, which is at 67%, and the top guy is at almost 79%. So, you know, we, we can get back. We've had a couple of tough weeks here, I think, it's not just us, you know, the whole the whole contest is coming back to earth, but just need a couple good weeks. We have two more left in this quarter. Yeah, I, I agree. We are definitely capable. We just got to uh, 
sharpen our pencils here and um, pick more huge favorites, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Back to big favorites, lay the wood. <clears throat> we'll see what happens here. Um, well, that's awesome. So what do you got this weekend? Are you going to be dressing up? We should have had we should have costumes. I don't have my costume. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I, I have an idea, but I want to give it away because I might not be able to deliver. Yeah, yeah. You can't let the nation know somebody will steal your idea. I don't think so. No uh, Halloween parties planned, but we definitely need to make a candy run so we can get ready for all the kids in the neighborhood. Yeah, it's good. Good. The, the Ferndale trick-or-treating is legendary. It is, for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's a... My coworker Katie has a party on Saturday. I heard there's another party at the volleyball thing. I might crash. And there's a softball game that we'll dress up for on Sunday. So I nice. just have to put it together. I, I'm not as inspired. Like last year, Ted Lasso was like laser vision, knew exactly what I needed to do. This time, I'm literally like, I think I know what I want to do, but I don't spend a lot of money in these costumes, actually. I just try to put pieces mm-hmm. together. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I'll take a picture and send it to you if I actually pull it together. Um, and then the Shockers have the semifinal game on Saturday. And then if we win that game, we'll play the finals the following week. So Nice. It sounds like a good weekend you got lined up. Yeah, always a good weekend. Always a good weekend. So, All right, well, follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and Side Action Pod uh, Cast on Instagram. Don't forget us on YouTube as well. Uh, follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and, and on Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts. All right, have a happy and safe Halloween weekend, everybody. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER intro and outro and transition music credits song titles jerry five and district four by kevin mcleod at incompetech.org license under creative commons attribution 3.0 creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0